Welcome to Multifamily AP 360, the show where we discuss 360-degree views on mindset, passive, and active multifamily investment. If you're looking for tips and strategies, or just want to learn from the experiences of others, both good and bad, then listen on. This is Multifamily AP 360 with your host, Ramakrishna Chunchu. Today's our guest is Matthew Sutika from OB Risk. Welcome back, Matt. Thanks for having me back. Very excited to be on here again and chat with you. Awesome. Thank you very much, Matt. A little bit about Matt. Matt is an award-winning entrepreneur and business owner in the insurance tech sector. Following a five-year tenure as a top-ranked state farm agent, Matt founded a Skylight Insurance, and within two years, he grew it to be a $5 million plus brokerage through unique partnerships and technology within the multifamily community, a staff of less than five and zero marketing budget. Bridging tie and true insurance principles with tech, Skylight merged with OB, an insurance distribution platform for real estate investors that employs more than 70 and has raised nearly 40 million. So with that, Matt, you want to add anything to your background? No, I, I think that's on. I am a insurance guy through and through and kind of gone across all the different aspects on the sales side of insurance. And I think that was a good intro. Thank you very much. So last time, so it's almost 18 plus months we spoke. So share me some of your experiences in the last 18 months from your company point of view or insurance industry point of view. It's interesting, you know, when we were talking off the record how time flies, because yeah, you, you had mentioned last time we met, my kid was just a couple of days old. And as I can hear him over here, he's walking, talking and telling the, you know, the nanny that he wants to turn on Alexa. So a lot in general has changed. And in the market, the same thing. Last time we were talking, we were still in a pretty decent end of the bull market, if you will, if I can use kind of some stock terms or, you know, uh, what you hear on CNBC, we've definitely entered a very bare market, you know, for insurance. And that does come with some increases on, you know, price, but what it also is, what really comes into importance is like who you're partnering with, who you're working with. In good markets, you can get away with, you know, maybe having a bad partner in the insurance space. When things get tough, you really need a good partner who not only has the markets, but has the ability to help you understand how to use insurance as a tool, how to maybe do some unique things look into some scenarios with your insurance for your properties. And I use the word nimble a lot, but, you know, being nimble in these times when it, insurance is in a bull market, it's just very easy to go to carriers. Everyone likes the price. Everything's good. Everybody's happy. It's buy, buy, buy. Right now, you know, there's a lot more strategic things. So we spend a lot of our time over the last six months finding alternative ways to find coverage for clients that a lot of brokers are not thinking about. And that's been really helpful to kind of guide our clients and help them get through here and hopefully find a, a bull market here in, in the new future. Thank you. There are a couple of good points you mentioned. One is like, you know, finding good partners. Second one is finding different alternative ways to decrease insurance costs, right? So I just want to touch both on that one. So how exactly investors need to find good insurance brokers or how exactly your company differentiates with other companies? Yeah. So, you know, for us, the reason I always say we're a good partner is myself, I'm in three, 4,000 doors, uh, an LP GP. And the reason I bring that up is that's kind of the culture that we have at OB in the space is that we're real estate investors who happen to do insurance or we're insurance people who happen to do real estate investing. We're, we're kind of full circle on it. And the better that that relationship is, and across my team, because they're all active in a lot of these real estate deals too, is 
we understand terms like NOI and cutting proceeds and rate caps and a lot of the things on that side. And then we are able to relate that to how to help up with the insurance. So we understand the importance that when you're going out to submit an LOI bid and you need an insurance estimate, right? And someone tells you 700 a door, you lock that in, you win the property. And then also you go to contract and it goes up to 1100. And now you're going to cut proceeds or have to raise more money. All the things like we understand the effects of our job and what it can do to you. So we take it, I think, a little bit more serious than the average broker who will just throw out average per door numbers because like we actually know what happens when you miss it. For the typical broker, like, and I'm not even bashing them or saying a bad thing, it's just they really don't understand the impact. They're just kind of like, if I'm talking to you right now and you've had this experience, you know, you probably want to change things up. But where the, the broker's just like, hey, it is what it is. Sorry, it's a hard market. You came to me like... I thought it was going to be this, you know, the carriers just got more expensive or this or that. And that doesn't really do anybody good when you got hard money down and investor money and at-risk capital going on. Like you can't really have that excuse. So I think that's how I'll sum it up is that our team really understands the whole process. A lot of times we're invested in the same deals we're doing the insurance for. So we are just as in line to get the best coverage and best price. And then overall, like we take it just way more serious when we're given an LOI estimate and that team to help you get under contract. And I think last year we were at like an 87 or 80%, 8% success rate of what we were given out from LOI to actually the under contract number. I and mean, we're pretty proud of that due to the fact lender requirements. So there's a bunch of things that we don't even know claims at that point. So that's really the thing. And then overall, there's the partnership piece is that if you're in this for the long term, right? You're buying properties and you want to continue. There's going to be times where insurance is very easy for me to place for you. And we're both going to make some money and, you know, on the deals and everything's good. Right. But there's also going to be times when insurance is really tough and you're going to need to me to be creative, whether that is with the carrier, whether that is, you know, just myself on the deal. And I'm going to do that for you because we've established a partnership where I know that like, Hey, on your next deal, I'm going to get that one too. And I'm going to do the next one for you. So if on this one, got to do something to help you out, or I got to go to bat for you and like take out one of my three or four a year, like get out of jail free cards with the carrier, I'm going to do that. And that's the difference between having a partner in the insurance space or treating your, your broker like a commodity type thing. You're going to get kind of that return back where you work with us and treat us like a partner. We're going to treat you like a partner. And you're going to get the, the very best uh, in the insurance space SD offer. Got it. Thank you very much. So would you share a few examples like the way you implemented some creative stuff as part of your, your business? Well, I think sometimes we realistically, we've worked with property management companies. A lot of property management companies have master policies. So we've done that a lot where it's our client and we've introduced them to a property manager so they could get access to that program. And then maybe we write the property through their master program and then we help out with the GL and umbrella on there. And just like I mentioned previously, like you know, there's a financial thing for me on that as far as like it's always better for me to write it through my direct carriers but since we're a partner if that's the best scenario this year at that time like that's what i'm going to do we do we had we found a lot of referral arrangements with you know even carriers or brokers that we don't maybe have access to or that maybe have a specialized product in certain state that we'll co-broker or work with or if we've done things with force place we've done things with programs uh, we've done things with putting one carrier going monthly so we had enough time to then move over there so 
we're just doing all kinds of stuff to ensure that the client is getting taken care of. We're not just saying, hey, here's your location. We're going to go out to the carriers that I have. I'm going to give you the best rate I have and take it or leave it. We really do scour the interwebs or whatever you want to call it to find every single way that someone could get insurance in place. And then, you know, other things we're adding value like renters legal liability, which is a nice program that helps people increase their deductibles, save claims, you know, being submitted for like lower, lower dollar value amount claims created by their tenants. And then also there's a revenue piece where, you know, you can gain revenue by putting this in place because you actually can charge a, a premium for the service because it's, it's a nice program to put in place also for the tenants. They get some coverage for their belongings and ultimately it's a great way to require renter's insurance without having to have your staff and team. So you got some opportunity costs there, have to collect a deck page and worry about cancellations and every single tenant keeping a renter's policy with state farm place or something. So I could probably go on and on, but just overall, I think the concept that you're seeing is that we are looking at every angle, pulling up the rug, looking at every corner, you know, all those phrases to make sure that we find the best solution for you in whatever capacity that is at this time. Got it. So you touched very, very good points. So you guys work with multiple carriers, right? So what is the process of finding, you know, right policy for right market at right property? So what is your, you know, process, you know, identifying right or, you know, high quality carriers? You know, for us, a lot of it is, I'll just keep it simple. We have, for us, we have a nice little Google sheet, but ultimately it's, it's kind of like match.com or even if you grew up playing that like guess who game, you're across from somebody and you say, hey, do they have glasses? And if they're like, yes, then they knock the ones down that don't have glasses. In a lot of ways, insurance kind of works that way, right? If you can imagine your board is actually a carrier list of every carrier that we would have available when and you send me over an apartment, right, to take a look at. It kind of works that way, right? Like if you break it down, you'll say, hey, is your, you know, ours is built in 1981. All right, well, I got to knock anyone down that wouldn't write a something pre-1985, right? Or, right? And then, oh, it's in Texas. Okay, I got to get rid of the carriers then. So, so it really is kind of this match.com meets the guess who game from our childhood of how it goes is that we, a lot of times the location is dictating what carriers are available. And then from there, you get it down to your mix of six, seven carriers that you feel would be interested in your location. Clearly you kind of just mentally rank those from top to bottom of like what carrier would be your most ideal from a coverage standpoint. Usually the best carrier has the best coverage and usually has the best price and that'll be number one. And then you're you know, your Lloyd's market is probably down here at the bottom. And sometimes you got to go there, to, you know, if you're, you know, on an island in Corpus Christi built in 1970 with aluminum wire, and you've had six fires in the last six months, uh, someone shot like, yeah, you're probably gonna it would be down there at option number nine. And you know, but if 2020 built and, you know, and in Dallas or something, you might get a travelers to jump on it, just it's really that process. And what our team, I think does good is really do that data analysis or, or carrier analysis, they would be very good at the insurance guess who game. Uh, I'll put it that way, uh, determining where we should write these risks. Yeah, definitely. There are so many variables we need to consider, right? So, mm-hmm. and other thing is uh, what I'm hearing recently is like, you know, uh, mainly like insurance prices, Texas and, and Florida markets, like 
skyrocketing, right? So like maybe increasing like three times or five times, something like that. So what's your take on that? Why insurance is going up in those markets or any other markets? Yeah, absolutely. You know, to kind of give a, I'm pretty blunt and truthful, you know, those won't sugarcoat yet. Right now, Louisiana is almost to a point getting untouchable where, you know, you might want to sell what you have or definitely not looking at new there from an insurance standpoint. I don't know how it is, you know, for the rest of the market. Florida is getting there. Florida is getting really tough. I don't have the problem in Florida as much of like, can I get coverage? Like Louisiana, it's like, can you get it? Maybe like it feels like, you know, 50-50 sometimes. Florida, you can always get it. You're just maybe not liking the price tag right now of where it's at. And a lot of that was Hurricane Ian driven. And when you have a market like Florida that has probably like unique carriers just for the state, you know, so like Texas and a lot of the other states, they have the main mass of carriers, right? Florida has their own unique subset of carriers, right? Which means they have a more limited amount of carriers. And when you have a large hurricane like that come through, you know, fourth largest ever, if you lose even two or three of those carriers or, you know, another two or three, like tighten their belt or drop what they'll write, that's where you see just dramatic effects that are happening. And so you get a little combo of lack of capacity. The second thing is you got people who are just got burnt big time and they're like, just, they got to increase their rates or they got to lower their amount of exposure. And then you've got a little bit of supply and demand going on. So the people that will write Florida, they're like, Hey, I know I'm one of a few that will actually give some rate here and will give some coverage. I'm going to charge what I want to charge for it and they can take it or leave it. And unfortunately, that's what's happening. What you hope happens is that we get a couple years, maybe of lower storm than just like anything, you know, the new generation will call it buy the dip, right? If you're talking about the stock market, right? Eventually someone comes in and buys the dip. And that's what you hope happens in a state like Florida is that there's some carriers that either re-enter, increase their capacity more carriers like come into the state that like maybe weren't there or they're like, Hey, you know, there's some market share here. It's been good couple years of no losses. So that's ultimately how it gets back to something decent, but I'm not sure just being frank with everybody that that happens anytime soon for the state of Florida. Like it might be a year or so. I mean, it has just always been a tough insurance state. I mean, when you're a peninsula around a very hurricane prone area with lots of losses, it's just, it's very tough from an insurance standpoint, right? It's not, have you had a hurricane loss? It's just when, you know, that most likely you're going to have something happen if you're in Florida long enough. So yeah, I think it's always tricky. We're just in a spot where right now it's ugly. It will get better. It's just when. Got it. Definitely. It all depends on risk, right? If there is more risk, obviously prices might go up. Yeah, it just doesn't help that Florida is like hottest market that people want to move to live. And probably if it wasn't for the dang insurance rates, it would just be still the one of the better places to maybe buy some apartments, especially Jacksonville and some of these areas are just really good, Sarasota. And so I really, really hope for a lot of, especially a lot of my buyers that Florida gets back to something reasonable because I know that the market and demand is really great in the state. I live here myself. Personally, I would love it from even a homeowner standpoint to get the insurance down a little bit, but part of the endless sun and beaches all around, I guess you can't have everything perfect. So insurance right now is our tough nut to crack. Yep. And share me a little bit more about latest and most unexpected insurance market trends. 
Yeah, I think probably the biggest market trend right now I'm seeing that was kind of came a little bit out of nowhere is like salt and battery coverage. I'm seeing that be a real hot topic, especially around cities like Atlanta, Memphis, Tennessee, like some of the bigger metro areas. It just started to hit a little bit late last year. I started to have some clients where they were reaching out to me. They're like, hey, my broker can't get me a salt and battery, which I thought was kind of odd because I hadn't really heard that or experienced it myself. Now, this last year, it, you know, and even right now, it is a real big topic. It's very tough and something you should be looking out for to see if you have that coverage, understand that coverage. For some reason, the carriers are just really wanting to either do a sublimit or exclude it. So yeah, so that's been a market trend, just like a straight insurance market trend that has happened from an overall what I'm seeing as an insurance person who sees a lot happening in the just multifamily space. People are just taking care of what they got right now. Like that's how it feels. People are saying, hey, you know, I bought a lot. It's maybe not the best time to be going out and smitten 100 LOIs right now. Let me get my current house in order. Let me, you know, spend this time and my energy being a good operator, maybe analyzing some of the contracts I have in place, some insurance deals. I wouldn't say like refi is super hot clearly because of the rates, but I am seeing a few people doing that. I'm sure that there's that's due to more probably some of the like flexible like rate caps, some of the interest only loans or something like that, that are the reason people did that where they, you know, they had that flex and they're having to like refi out now or whatever. But you probably know a little bit more on that side than me. But yeah, overall, I feel like people right now are just really trying to like get their current assets in a good spot, you know, uh, meet investors, start to get cash ready and available. So when we do get into a market that's back in the buyer's hands that, you know, they're ready to go. So I see a lot of people kind of just preparing and getting ready. And we're doing a lot of looking at people's current insurance, things like that. So, but I'm not seeing a ton of people doing LOIs right now or going under contract. There are a few, but it's nowhere near what it normally is. Got it. And what's your plan for the next couple of years? And are you focusing on any specific markets or all over US or so what exactly you're planning with our company? We're just continue to always, our number one thing is work on capacity. I'm always trying to find more capacity because that is like number one thing I can do for my clients. Second is constantly right now looking for alternate ways to insure, partner to insure, et cetera. And then the last is, you know, just really, yeah, trying to develop new relationships through this time. We're trying to be there for individuals who just went through a, maybe a program renewal that took a 200% hit. I know there was a lot of those on 4-1 or it was a lot back in December. So we're trying to be a resource to help people if they've just had a major change to their insurance or their pricing, I'll be there for them. So those are kind of the three things that we're also trying to do is, you know, help people that are on fire, find capacity and continue to find different ways to help people out and, and also be ready for the next wave of, of buying. We're getting you know more staff going. We're putting more operations in place so we can be more nimble and quicker, faster and, and better for everybody. So we're kind of doing similar things. You know, our work is kind of dictated by what you all are doing. So if you know you yourself are out looking and buying, like that's what we're going to be, you know, doing. If you're working on your house and trying to like, just see where everything's at, I'm probably analyzing your current stuff. And so, you know, we're a little bit of, I don't know if the phrase is the tail wags the dog or the dog wags the tail. We're, you know, we're definitely client driven and doing what 
our clients are doing currently, or at least the insurance version of it. Got it. Anything else you want to share about uh, insurance perspective? No, I think just really now is a really great time to analyze your relationship. You know, do you have a good relationship with your your broker? Not just insurance, lender, property manager. I think this is a great time to just overall build your team out, make sure you got a good team in place that you can trust. And, you know, let's get through the next probably 12 to 18 months is hopefully that's kind of what I'm hearing. We just need to kind of get through a lot of this and be ready for there. I mean, as anyone knows, the real wealth is built in a bigger market. So this is your time to grind and do all the hard things so that you're ready when the good opportunities come. Absolutely. Let's jump on the personal side. Any other personal habits that are helping you to be successful, Matt? For me, it's it's always been the same thing. Hard work mixed with organization. I think those are very simple, but those are the, the main two things I have as just an individual picked up trying to read a little bit more. That's something I've always struggled with. I had a Hard time always with reading and comprehension. It's just, I'm a daydreamer and I think, but I've concentrated on that to, you know, just kind of expand my mind a little bit. But I think the other thing to work on, and I'm guilty of this myself is, you know, definitely making sure you're always working on your social media presence as a person, as a business, super important in this day and age. So things like this podcast, you know, really working on. So th- those are a couple of little things we're doing mixed with just elbow grease and organization and can be pretty successful. Awesome. And Share me any personal learning or any one decision that you took that impacted your life positively. I think the biggest thing from an impact that I've had over the last year was I got into the single family rental space myself. So I was like property manager, owner, everything like that. And that was a really cool learning experience. I learned a lot. I know that doesn't relate directly to the insurance, but as far as, you know, this being real estate related podcast here, I thought it would be easier, right? Like, oh, I'll just buy these rentals. I'll get the perfect tenant. You know, this is easy. I see all these other people, you know, doing it. I'll get me a hundred units over time here. And this is, this is crazy. And we're at like four, And I would say that like, I've learned a lot, good, bad, otherwise we're surviving, you know, long-term I'm getting better every one I do, but that was a big challenge for me this year. I wanted something I wanted to do for a while. And my wife's involved, uh, Nick, who works with me at OB is involved. And so that's been our uh, big challenge outside of just the daily work is getting our little real estate and and real little real estate portfolio going. Cool. And any books that impacted your life? I've been reading quite a few. I've been actually posting them out on social media as I've been reading them. My favorite one lately that I read, and it was just more pure entertainment, was there was an autobiography. I'd have to look up the author uh, because I'm terrible with names, but... It was on Elon Musk. That was a pretty cool one I read over the last couple of weeks, yeah. you know, because I knew of him, but like, it was cool to hear the early stories, a lot of stuff with like PayPal and, you know, because for me, truth be told, I kind of just knew him as the Tesla guy. And even like how he didn't really, wasn't like the actual founder of Tesla. He kind of, you know, so yeah, there was just a lot of stuff, you know, with the PayPal mafia and all that stuff that they had going on. So I found that book really interesting. I'd have to Look up the author. I'd probably owe them a drink for forgetting their name. But but yeah, that was a cool one. I think right now, any of these autobiographies are really cool books to read. My wife is always reading ones on, you know, Michelle Obama or this celebrity or that. And, and, and I feel like there's some interesting topics that you can learn. And then I'm a big Netflix guy. So I've loved all the like WeWork, Uber documentaries. That's my version of like books on tape. So I've enjoyed those as well. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. 
And how can listeners can connect with you, Matt? This one's an easy one. I believe I'm the only Matt Sudica walking this planet. So any of the social media platforms, you can find me pretty easily and shoot me a message. And if you're wanting to check out our company or you can go to our website, which is obinsurance.com and you can get a hold of me that way. But probably social media, if you want to get to me direct is, is the easiest. Awesome. And thank you very much, Matt. Thank you for sharing latest trends in insurance place. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. That's the end of this episode of Multifamily AP 360, but we'd love to continue to help you on your journey. Head to ushacapital.com slash podcast to join our email list for more tips and strategies. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. This is Multifamily AP 360 with Ramakrishna Chunchu. We'll see you next time.